Welcome to The Network, our attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. If you don't know anything about the Green Book, I invite you to Google it. With each interview, we are building a network of talented professionals that you can reach out and touch. Every episode is an invaluable resource for black people living in and traveling through America. Subscribe to The Network. You may need it. Really think you're going to enjoy today's guest. She is going to bless us with a piece of her original poetry. She's also going to kind of walk us through her journey as she has become a blooming scribe. Welcome her into your network. She's also got some great recommendations for books, podcasts, and music. And she's even going to give us some advice that you didn't ask for. Here we go. Welcome to the network. I'm your host. My name is Michael Prejean. Today's guest is the Blooming Scribe. I am not going to introduce her. I'm going to let her introduce herself through an original work. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, let's go. Okay. Conceived in the winter and born in the fall. If I didn't know any better, I think God didn't know me at all. Because my soul belongs to the springtime. I was born with flowers in my hair. Although I was born by the moon, birds sang praises and bees buzzed in the air. Celebrating my arrival, the exit of my mother's womb. A love child was born, not too late and never too soon. The stars aligned for me to be a Scorpio. The divine water sign is responsible for the intense energy you feel when your eyes meet mine. Naming me Lee seems simple to some, but if you know what it means, it won't shock you none. Delicate, weary, meadow, or pasture are some of the meanings you'll find. Delicate because I'm like Erica, sensitive about my shit. Because there's no rest for the weary when your mama passes down that grit. Meadows and pastures are places where things grow. My soul is a breeding ground for peace and love. And if you've ever had the pleasure of experiencing me, then you definitely know. So allow me to reintroduce myself. L, liberated. My mind been free. E, ever evolving. This evolution will be televised. Y'all gonna see me. I, I've been it. Just had to figure out what that really meant. G, for that divine feminine energy that I carry with me. H, healing, because it all gets better soon. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for tuning into this bloom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to some of you and present to others, none other than my baby sister. Her government name is Lee Airy Prejean. If you have met her on Instagram or Twitter, she goes by Blooming Scribe. So I'm so happy to have her here with us today on the network. So I know you are a teacher by trade, a teacher by training, um, yep. but I know your passion lies with your writing. But just for a second, um, tell us about your training, um, your education, and then just give us a little bit of what your, quote unquote, regular life looks like during the school year. 
Okay. Um, so I graduated in May 2017 from the University of Houston with my Bachelor of Science in uh, Teaching and Education. Um, I'm certified to teach um, EC through early childhood through sixth grade, um, all subjects. Um, I'm currently a second grade teacher. Um, I teach math and science. Uh, I've taught all subjects before um, as well, but math and science have been uh, what I've taught the most, second grade. Um, during the normal school year, um, <laughs> my life is pretty busy. Um, I am with eight, seven, eight, and some nine-year-olds from about 7.30 to 3.30, sometimes longer than that. Um, and then I come home to my six-year-old, closer that kind gets to the age of the kids that I teach, um, I find the less patience um, I have for my job. <laughs> so I was hoping that this uh, in this next coming year, I was hoping um, that, well, things are going to look different. So with the pandemic, huh? and what do you think parents who had to homeschool their kids during the pandemic, they got second grade kids. What do you think the parents struggled with the most teaching their kids second grade curriculum? What do you think the parents struggled with the most? Um, I will say, um, well, just thinking about the community that I teach in um, and where my students are, to me, I think the number one thing is um, tech, like just the technology that kind of um, I think was expected uh, for the students to um, be able to uh, get into. Because also um, some of our students weren't well like versed with the technology either. You know, if we were only using it uh, maybe once a week or so, something like that, you know, not all of the students um, know exactly what they need to be doing. Um, but also, too, I think um, you have a lot of parents who uh, don't really know where the standard is for second grade. So um, I think that a lot of the times that they believe they're under the impression that their children are performing um, where they're supposed to, but really at home, they're like they may be doing things at home with their children, but however, these are things that their children should have been doing already in like kindergarten and first grade, like reading books that say the dog sat, the dog ate, the dog runs. Like I, I have found that those are things that, you know, a lot of my parents and not just in the pandemic, but beforehand, but really the, you know, with this whole pandemic, it really, um, a light was really shined on that, that parents really actually have no idea where those students are supposed to be. Okay, so just we're going to segue here because you talked about in your writing. So now we're going to move into your writing. So the pan one, of the things, one of the things that the pandemic did kind of highlight was some of the inequities, some of the social inequities in education. And one of the things that you mentioned that you really enjoyed writing about um, was social justice. So you, you mentioned that you, you write a, about a large range of topics um, from love to social justice. Talk about that a little bit. Um, so I think with the, um, the most recent um, 
murderings of, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey and then um, really kind of like the catalyst that kind of set everything off to me, um, George Floyd, um, that really um, kind of sparked something in me. Um, and I feel like as a writer and as a poet, I feel like we all play, we all play um, a role in, in this um, social justice, in this, in this change that that's happening. Um, and I feel like my, my part and the, and the part that I must um, adhere to and and my calling for this, I feel like is to reach others through my writing. Um, so I just kind of knew um, that that was something that I needed to speak to, that that was something um, that I needed to get out there and not just to, you know, put out there for others, but also um, just kind of transferring that energy into my creativity um, because I was, um, and I mean, I still have my days where I'm, I'm not okay, where I'm still very upset and there's definitely triggers, you know, and things of that such. Um, but I was really angry and I was really, I was kind of almost like, sad and grieving and just kind of it just was a really I don't really know I didn't know where to put that energy and um the the thing I every morning I wake up and I write it doesn't matter uh I may not be writing a poem I might be just writing in my journal but every morning I wake up and I write and um that's more so where my writing was going and so I was like okay like let's explore that let's see where this um where this takes you so that kind of sparked um, sparked my interest in writing about uh, social justice or you know. so you mentioned that every morning you, you wake up and write what does that do for you is it just a routine or is it more than that um, it's definitely more than that although I have made it before it was more than before it was just a routine I was trying to set a um, like morning routine for myself something that would um, you know every day I start my day off like this um, kind of like as a ritual um, but and I wanted to put it into practice because I know that um, there are benefits to it I know that I knew that there were benefits to it um, and the more that I got up every single day and was I literally I get up open the blinds and I grab my journal like that's that's what I do I don't do anything else I open the blinds and I grab my journal I don't get out of the bed I write while I'm still in the bed um so it's it's healing for me it's um it's a way to before I used to journal at night and which sometimes I still do but um I have found that the things on my mind the first thing in the morning um are those things that are really on my heart. Um, so it has really, it's, it's a helpful release for me just to kind of um, set intentions for my day. You know, let me release this energy before I get started doing anything else, before I start, before my kid wakes up and I have to deal with him. Let me go ahead and release these emotions or these feelings or whatever it is. Because sometimes I don't even, some, some mornings I, I don't, I feel like I don't have anything to write about 
but I just put pen to paper anyways. Again, in some mornings I find myself um, literally just weeping, like just crying about things that I didn't even know um, were buried, um, were buried. And or some days, you know, it's just, um, you know, I'm just writing about things that I'm grateful for or um, which that's something else that I do as well. Um, I try to do this in the morning and at night. Um, I have a little box that I keep um, that has these little papers in it. And uh, I write the date on each one of them. And every day, uh, morning and night, I try to write a few things that I'm feeling grateful for. And um, and I, I just do that because one thing that I have found is that my joy rest in my appreciation and my, and my gratefulness for the things that I have and the things around me and just the things in this world, so. That's also a part of my, I guess, a ritual, as if you can, if I could call it that. Okay, so as as a blooming scribe, what advice would you have liked to have heard, like when you first began writing? You know, just looking back from where you are now to when you began writing, what advice would you have liked to have heard? Um, I wish that. I, two two things. Um, so one, I wish that someone would have said, write anyways, like write, no matter what, write. Um, That's good. And then the second thing um, that I didn't, I saw this kind of, I guess, I wish I would have seen this before, but then I, I eventually saw this, which is why I think other people need to hear it, um, is that it's save some writing for yourself. Like everything that you write doesn't have to be put out there or um, some things can be saved, you know, save some writing for yourself. And also, well, I guess, okay, third, third thing. Um, Also, um, write for yourself. Um, So I kind of, which kind of guess goes with the second one. And what I mean by that is more so not for, um, not for approval or not for um, validation from others. Um, because not everybody is going to understand your writing and that's exactly why it's your own. Um, so those are the three things that I wish that someone would have told me. Okay. So, um, people that know you know three things about you. Tell us what those three things are. So (laughs) one, um, I love, love to talk about that for what what do you mean when you say I love love? Um, so I mean that in so I love uh, to think about um, so yes like romance and and relationships in in that aspect but also just um, just love in general I love to see people in love I love to see people showing love I love to see people receiving love um, it just. Um, it does something for me. And I have been that way for a very long time. I just don't think that I knew that that's exactly what it was. Someone told me like real quick, um, like I guess like a year or so ago that I romanticize everything. And I kind of took that, um, like I kind of took offense to that because I was just like, 
what like what are you trying to say like do you say i make a big deal out of things or i think of things as more than what they are but as the as time kind of passed i was like well it's a good thing that i do that because my writing wouldn't be what it is if, if i didn't if i didn't feel things so deeply or see things so um so deeply then then i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be me so okay so first thing is you love love keep going what are two and three? Uh, the second thing is that I love to write. And then the third thing is that I love to write about love. That is my favorite thing to write about. <laughs> so when so when did you start writing? Um, so I've always been a writer, but I think I forgot because I remember writing things. I actually went to mama's house uh last weekend and i picked up this like binder that i had made um in like the eighth grade and it had some of my writing in it but i also had some things um in there that i had put in there that i had done um my freshman year of high school so i i think i don't know if that's like the first time that you know my first experience with with writing i remember writing in elementary school and liking writing assignments um but as far as with like poetry and like writing for um, because of the love for it, I, I want to say that more so started um, when I was a teenager, I guess, or loving writing, I guess, or accepting that I love writing and okay. looking at it that way. So your sister buys you a journal. Talk about that journal that she gave you and how that has really transformed your writing into where you are now and where you're going. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what year this was. I, I don't I have no idea because I had the journal for a while, I think, before I started writing in it. But my sister, um, I think she just kind of saw it and um and was like, you know, I bought this for you. It looked, it looked like you. Um, and it has like flowers on the front of it and it has all these cute little quotes and it's colorful. It's just, it's me. It's totally me. Um, and so I, um, I just remember one day, um, picking up this journal and, um, and just, and just writing in it, um, writing poetry, writing prose, right? Whatever came to my head, um, I remember just using it to, um, to, to write. And I would do it more so, um, not in secret, I, would, I wouldn't say, but it was so, um, I guess like the things I was writing was so like sacred to me. It was just for me, like this was like my thing. Like if I could have put a lock on it, I probably would have. Um, but um, mm -hmm. over... Over time, um, I began to fill this journal and it's not full, but um, I started kind of looking in it and um, I realized that I was like, this, this is a, this is a book, like this is a book. Um, and I, in that moment, I was like, okay, like this is like like, am I going to write a book? Like, I kind of surprised myself. Like, even though I I knew, like, something in me just just told me, like, these things that you have written, like, this is this is your book. And I went through this kind of, um, I guess, like a writer's block where I could not write 
anything. I couldn't write anything. I mean, I just was like, what is this? And it's, and it's because I had slept on the fact that that was my book. You know, I was, um, I was supposed to be writing this book and I, and or typing it, you know, or getting, going somewhere with it, taking these poems out of this journal and putting them, you know, typing them up. Um, and until I did that, literally, I, I wrote, I could not write anything until I did that. Um, and I had this uh, typed up probably 2018, I want to say, maybe 2019. I'd have to look and see. Um, but I put together like a sample manuscript, like 10 poems um, from that I had written in this journal. Um, and I sent them off to a, a publisher, like a man, like a huge, I know nothing about at this point, I knew nothing about like, Publishing, I had done a little bit of research, you know, I had just, I had done a little bit, but um, also there was something in me that just didn't, I was like, I don't want to do self-publishing. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want somebody to see my work and say that this is worth publishing, but also that was a part of me thinking that this writing was for other people, like that I needed other people to tell me that what I was writing was good. Um, but I submitted it. Hmm. It sounds like your book was organic and and what i mean by that is you you didn't try to write a book um, yes the book just came to be yes yes just came to be. so so i know you're working um through some publishing things right now but tell us the title of your book so the title of my book my baby and it's kind of funny that you said like it's super organic because on the inside of the book I have literally a birth like a birth story about how the book came to be but it is called to give my words a home a book of poetry and prose on loving and living life okay and I, I think absolutely uh what's the word I think it's fantastic that you mentioned this book being your baby um, because I, I do just listening to your story. It sounds like it's organic. It sounds like these words um, have grown with you and in you. So yes. I, I love the title of the book, which is not yet published. It's not yet no, published. Not yet. So listeners make sure that you're going to be looking out for this book. We don't know uh, what, you know, everybody's timeline has shifted drastically because of COVID-19. But make sure that in the next 12 to 18 months, can I go ahead and put that marker out there for you? Yes. Do, yep. Okay. Yep. Next 12 to 18 months, make sure you're looking for her book. The title is To Give My Words a Home, a book of poetry and prose on loving and living life. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend I try out writing? Where would you recommend I start if I wanted to begin writing? Where would you recommend that I begin? Um, I always suggest, because I've had other people kind of ask me this too, or just like I use, um, I would suggest like a, a guided journal um, something that has questions or uh, prompts 
um, or even doesn't have to be a journal because you can find, I mean, you can look on Pinterest or look on the internet or there's even Instagram accounts that have journaling prompts daily um, that you can use, um, which because sometimes um, it's hard for, that's like a really creative thing for some people to just put pen to paper and immediately start writing uh, just like a blank canvas, uh, not knowing really what to write about. That's kind of hard. So I have found um, that that was helpful for me. And I still do use also um, a guided journal that has questions in it. Um, but I also use a regular journal that I just write whatever I'm feeling in. And sometimes um, what I write in my journal that's blank, sometimes uh, those questions help me to um, maybe process some things and I can journal through that. Or sometimes I'm writing about things that are totally unrelated to um, what was in my my other journal that has the um, the questions and the prompts, so. Okay, so guided journaling helps. Yes. You mentioned that there are some sites on Instagram that can help with those. Do you know any of those right off the top of your head? Uh, not off the top of my head, but literally if you search, because you can search hashtags. So if you hash search um, hashtag journal prompts or journaling prompts, a whole bunch of different pages or just different things will come up. Um, kind of like a search engine almost Instagram can be. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right. We're going to, we're going to shift gears here just a little bit um, and just talk about some other things. So tell us what, what keeps you up at night? Um, so besides worrying about, Kyan and the type of parent that I am and and trying to uh, just ensure that I'm being the best parent for him um, and also for myself too because um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I, I just want to be sure that um, that I'm raising a child who's going to grow up and be um, a successful adult, you know, a healed adult and an adult who doesn't have to um, like go through or doesn't even put himself through the things that I feel like I've put myself through. So, um, so those, those kinds of things um, keep me up at night. But also besides that, um, I'm very, I've never really, I've always kind of been like, mm, like, I don't really care what other people think, but that's not really, I don't want to say like the, that's not really the truth. That's not, I guess, the whole truth. Um, strangers who don't really know me, um, I guess it, it, it kind of doesn't really make a difference to me. But when my question, when my character is questioned um, by people that I know or people that I feel should, um, should know me or know my values and my morals and the things that I stand for and my character is questioned, um, that, that shakes my core. That makes me feel, um, defeated because I feel like I have worked so hard to become this person that I am and still, you know, this person that I'm becoming and everything I know that everything I do is done with good intention. Everything I do is done with good intention. So um, when people question that, that really, um, that bothers me. That bothers me. So you, you, I want to pin one word that you said there in your answer that I think is super important for everybody that's listening, including 
you and I is the word becoming. Um, we're constantly in a state of becoming. We've never arrived. We've never yeah. arrived, you know. So in the work that we do on ourselves, um, and then this is, you know, to myself and then also from me to you, in the work that we do on ourselves, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we're, we're still becoming. And then for those people who may be critical of us, they're also becoming as well. You right. know, so we, uh, it, it's not easy. It is not easy, but we have to kind of take what they say with a grain of salt or let it roll off our back. But still keep in mind that you are working hard and you're still becoming. And then just kind of take those things and, and keep moving. It's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. It's easier. But I think if we're mindful that we're still becoming, um, we it can kind of it can kind of keep us on the right path. So Becoming is a book that I, I need to read. I'm a huge Michelle Obama fan. Yes, me too. About, um, tell us about some of, of your recommended books or some of the books that you're reading right now. So um, it's funny that you ask about books because I recently just finished two, um, two books that I was um, just determined to um, just determined to finish. But one of those being um, Conscious Loving. Um, it's a book about uh, the journey to co-commitment. So um, it says a way to be fully together without giving up yourself. I think that's a great book for everyone to read. Um, if you desire to be in any sort of um, relationship, not just even romantic relationships or partnerships, but um, just to have any kind of um, relationship where um, codependency doesn't exist. I think that's a great, it's a great book to read. Um, also right now um, I'm on a mission to finish every book that I have started and need to finish. So <laughs> um, I, and some of those books are fiction and some of those are nonfiction. So another one that I'm actually reading right now is um it's called Girl, Wash Your Face. And I want to say it's by um, Hollis is her last name. I think it's Rachel Hollis. But actually, this book was um, not given to me, but uh, someone let me borrow it. And um, actually, like, I guess I guess you can call her a mentor. Um, she let me borrow it um, over a year ago and I started it and I just wasn't really in a place where I was ready to receive information um about bettering myself i was just kind of in my own little pity party so i put the book down um but i have picked it back up and um i'm like speeding through it because the information in there is just really good um it's about lies that not just even though it's about a woman and the continents uh more specific to women i think everybody can benefit from this it's about lies that um that we tell ourselves and basically um how to move through those things and how to get rid of those, um, get rid of those things and kind of accept who we are and where we are in life. So. Okay. What's your favorite all time book? My favorite all time book is their eyes are watching God. Um, it's by Zora Neale Hurston, um, which also it's my favorite movie as well. A lot of people will say like books and movies don't really, you know, match up or one is better than the other. 
I just I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. So okay, that's okay. a recommended read as well. So Alex L, who's who is Alex L, and what has she written? Or he? So she she is an author, poet, writer, mother, wife. She's just, she's just this all around. Um, kind of super grounded uh she she has written a few different books um which her writing um and seeing a lot of her things also made me uh kind of made me pick my pen back up too um she is very her writing it's almost like it heals so what are you listening to right now music um okay so music, I'm always, always, always listening to some kind of um, old school R&B. That's probably my favorite. Um, but also one thing that I've had on re- repeats, um, which kind is like, can we stop listening to gospel music now? <laughs> I've been listening to um, the verses on Spotify. Um, they they put the verses um, playlist on there that they did like on that they have on Instagram and the Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin um, one is like on constant. I mean, like replay repeat. It's just these old school songs that I remember like old school gospel songs that I remember um, like growing up to like, and then some that were saying like in the church that, you know, at queen of peace, like some of these songs were saying, so it just kind of brings me, um, lots of peace and joy, um, like childhood joy that I remember having. Okay. So. okay. Oh, okay. and podcasts too, right? Yeah. Tell us what podcast okay. you Um, so one favorite. podcast, huh? Or your favorite. Oh, or my favorite. Okay. So some podcasts that I listen to, Alex L also has a podcast. It's called Hey Girl, um, where she, it's super inspirational. <laughs> she, um, interviews women and she uh these women from all walks of life and they just talk through their stories basically almost kind of like how we're doing um so Mm -hmm. so i love that uh super inspirational um and then also there's another called therapy for black girls um it's dr joy harden bradford um and she just talks about lots of different topics um i mean ranging for I couldn't even tell you how wide the range is she just talks about lots of different things um and you can literally scroll through and you can you know see the topics and pick whatever it is that you need um for that day or whatever for that this time in your life or whatever it is so that's another good one um and she talks to experts about different things on there too um then also um another one that I recently um that this one's kind this one's actually kind of new there. I don't even know if they have 10 episodes up yet, um, but it's called Unpack and Bounce Back. Um, it's by Scout Sky Townsend and uh, Raina Biddy, which actually I didn't even know. Raina Biddy is a writer, um, which I kind of just discovered her. And I, I, she's a writer and like spoken word artist, um, which I really love her too. And they just talk about a lot of things also. Uh, their topics range. Um, like they have a wide range of topics as well, but they're like about my age. Um, so they just talk about a lot of things uh, that millennials go through. So that one's kind of interesting. It has a little bit of humor to it too. So it's pretty white. Okay. Okay. So um, 
We're going to do a round of rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Just going to ask random questions. Um, five, ten questions. If your answers are just blowing us out of the ozone, it may be more than that. Okay? Okay. So we're just going to go rapid fire right here. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) What color is your toothbrush? Pink. Describe yourself in three words. I'm blooming. (laughs) If you could get a yacht, what would you call it? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, Crescent moon. Describe the color yellow to a blind person. Happy, joyful, bright. Okay. Do you have any tattoos? Yes. Who is your favorite cartoon character and why? Um, it's funny that you asked this because I was asked this during the Miss Black and Gold pageant whenever I was in it and I thought it was so random. But anyways, um, the Brave Little Toaster. It's a movie. It's on Netflix if nobody's ever seen it. But the toaster is my favorite, all-time favorite. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that you love love and you love writing about love. Describe the perfect kiss in three words. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> um in three words, can I do can I do it in six? Because this was actually a writing prompt in one of my journals. And I did it in three. Okay. Um Three, three, three. Uh, gentle. Um, um, Warm. Okay. Last question. Last question. Ready? Okay. What what celebrity annoys you the most? <laughs> Let's just go ahead and go with Donald Trump. Since that's I mean, not really okay. the president. He was a celebrity before that. Or he's still okay. whatever. All right, we'll go with forty five. Okay, so this last segment is called You Didn't Ask. You didn't ask. So my older brother, who I absolutely spent the majority of my life trying to be, not trying to be like, but trying to be, he always told me that you can't give people unsolicited advice. Do not give people advice that they didn't ask for. But sometimes that unsolicited advice can bridge the gap between no, 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 no. And man, I really appreciate that. Okay, so what unsolicited advice would you like to share for you didn't ask? So um, when I was doing the questionnaire, this is what I this is the the immediate thing that I thought of. Um, Basically, um, 
like about forgiveness and, and grace when it comes to when it comes to other people who have um, who have hurt you or who um, done things that seem uh, not even necessarily to you or, um, you know, but to people that you love, things that you that you feel like are, you know, not dismissible like you like you'll never forgive them I feel like a lot of people especially millennials and people my age and this younger generation um they walk through life with this and this is I I know that this is all easier said than done or actually I don't even know if I can say I know because um I think forgiveness is um one of my it's just on me and I can't help it um I don't even know how to hold a grudge, but so, so I don't even know if I can say it's easier said than done because forgiveness, um, it's, it's been, I don't want to say easy cause that sounds very, um, weird, but I don't know if it, it has, it has, it's easy for me. I feel like, um, if I could use that word, but anyways, um, it's, but young people, I feel like my age and younger, especially a lot of people will say, um, like I'm like I'll never forgive that or I'll never, you know, or people who um, like I'm just also thinking about with this, you know, the topics of like systemic racism and like white people. You know, I, I believe that everyone deserves grace. I, I, I want for myself, I want people to give me grace for, for things. So I, I just walk around with this idea like I got to give like other people the same grace and, and forgiveness that I, um, that I will want. And also too, just because I genuinely just believe that that is how we're supposed to live our lives. Um, as Christians, forgiveness, um, I, I just, and forgiveness is not just for, it's not just for others. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, but a lot of people are bitter and a lot of people are angry and it's because, they have not forgiven someone or something or maybe even themselves. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, so that's my, you didn't ask me, but okay. <laughs> there it is. Being the kind of person who doesn't forgive, ain't it? Yeah. Didn't ask, but there it is. Now you got to okay. say it. Being the kind of person who doesn't forgive, ain't it? You didn't ask, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Blooming Scribe. Her government name is Lee Ari Prejean. It has been such a pleasure. This was great. Thank you very Yay. much. Yay! Thanks, brother. You're welcome. You can find today's guest on Instagram and Twitter at Blooming Scribe. Make sure you check the show notes for the books, podcasts, and music recommendations.